We have a very special show for you today. We're going to make a movie for you really quickly based on a random prompt. I'll get right ahead to our guests. Our writing team is Jacob and Ben. They're the co-writers of Bob the Builder Season 4. It's a little lesser known season. That freaking cement mixer was just out of control this season. We've got James and John, our directing team, who uh, directed the off-off-Broadway play He-Man the Musical. And then we have Matt, our producer, who is the spray tan PA for Mr. Mom. Mm. So their credentials are unparalleled. And here is your theme, starting with the writing team. The theme of this story is a humorous relationship. The main character is a wealthy cyborg. And the major event of the story is political conflict. So it's a humorous relationship starring a wealthy cyborg. And the major event of the story is political conflict. You have three minutes, gentlemen. So, yesterday, uh, I took a lot of DayQuil and I stayed up all night watching Hard Boiled six times. So, I think we're going to set this in Hong Kong. Oh, that's a great idea, yeah. Um, I think we need to do something that is, if we're going into like the cyborg, the sci-fi kind of realm, I think we're going to make this like uh, uh, a pan-Asian-American relationship thing. So, we'll have our wealthy cyborg be... Uh, a tech mogul who mm-hmm. is, you know, one of the the prototype uh, cyborgs that's out there right now, mm-hmm. trying to sell it overseas. Right. Yeah. No, I think make him a real self-made man cyborg. <clears throat> you know what I mean? I think that's a great idea. Yeah. And you know, trying to break into the, maybe the American cyborg market. Um, you know, I think that and that's political because you know the this cyborg market in America could, you know, follow a different business model, you know, capitalism, and I don't know what Hong Kong uses, like, um, but... It's also capitalism. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> Pretty much everywhere runs on capitalism. But I'm sure there's differences. At least know? anywhere that matters. You know, you know, we'll have a, we'll have a writing team, well, I mean, we'll have a consultant for our team, I think, that'll yeah. work well, but yeah, um, yeah, I think, um, so yeah, them going against each other, you know, kind of the funny quirks, sort of fish out of water, sort of elements could be put in there too you know it's like this hong kong cyborg in modern new york you know well future modern new york obviously yeah so um we're gonna we're gonna call our cyborg stephen chen Mm -hmm. um he is going to come to america and um i like your idea of like the humorous adventure so he's trying to sell this technology that he's been developing right Um, on himself right yeah yeah um and he's going to you know essentially try and sell to a bunch of different people and um the the marketing person that he ends up working with oh this is uh, great we're gonna call her samantha and she is going to be um she's gonna be the kind of like back of the room girl who's like everybody in the audience knows like they're gonna get together but like he doesn't get it right away right because he's a cyborg you know you could have some things that's like you look great and he'd be like i look normal you know like those literal things that's always funny you know yeah, and the 
the idea that he can like you know he's he's got his mind on other stuff so he's like running into all these different places trying to sell his tech and it's not working mm-hmm. and she's like there to support him and then like he realizes I'm trying way too hard like at the end and he's gonna you know eventually per- pursue her as a romantic interest. The title will be Cross Circuit. Mm-hmm. All right. So and then the, the political conflict is going to okay. be we have this uh, rival organization that wants to steal Stephen Chen's tech. Mm-hmm. And um, they're also operating out of Hong Kong, so they're they're trying to like send goons after him, like spies who are going to come in, yeah, um, and take take all of his gear and take all of his uh, yeah. The the Hughes is in Hong Kong, right? The what? Never mind. <laughs> um, you, anyway, keep going. Well, that is your time zone. Okay. Uh, so, our directing team, you have yourself cross circuit. Mm-hmm. It's uh, has a cyborg and his. Lady who he doesn't realize is doing this an international action film. So, how do you put your spin, your vision on this? How do you make it better than He Man musical? Well, that won't be hard, really. No. <laughs> no, I mean, that was great for a musical. Uh, it was the pinnacle, I think, of musical theater, but it it's no film. True. Well, uh, one, uh, well, Hong Kong, uh, that kind of makes me think, uh, we gotta, I mean, when you're in Hong Kong, you, you know, when the Romans do as the Romans do, when you're in Hong Kong, do, do as, as the as, Hong Kong Romans do. Right. <laughs> Which means do as John Woo would do. Right. Right. So. That's actually my bracelet. Yeah, that's right. You got the. What would John Woo do? Right, right. So, that means action packed. Right, right, right. right. Lots of slow motion, lots of dubs. Right. Visually very striking, lots of uh, like allegories with fire and light and birds. Right. Standoffs. Exactly. Yeah. Now, and I think the the since we he has this this romantic thing going on, mm-hmm. we're gonna also in addition to the traditional John oh, yeah, yeah. gun standoffs, right. we're also gonna have the romantic standoff because since obviously. The he, Battle of the Heart. Right. Since, yeah. you know, he, she, he didn't know that she... Slow had, motion doves fire in the heart. Right. So it's going to look like, you know, is he going to realize that she's, like, got a thing? Right. And then all of a sudden... Like, well, and what is she going to think of him when she finds out that he's not only a cyborg, but <laughs> that he's uh, looking to expand his business? Right. Um, yeah. I, we... We loved, right. we loved this idea. I could think of nobody better uh, for the role of uh, of the cyborg, uh, because I, we wanted somebody young and kind of fierce looking. Right. Um, I was actually thinking that um, Elijah Wood, yes, would be really good because he's got dramatic uh, chops. It's time for him to do an action film. Yes. Um, but he looks kind of kind of weird, kind of like he was assembled. Yes, so he does. Looks like I he think was it's building a shop. Perfect. We're actually not going to have to do very much as far as no. makeup. Now, Amanda, Amanda's you know kind Samantha. of Samantha, 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 Amanda, potato, potato. Um, Samantha, I think uh, needs to be. Um, I think we're going to go with. Uh, uh, oh, what's her name? Uh, oh, from the movie that you really liked. Yes. The one that we saw. Uh, uh, Chinese actress. Uh, right. Zhu uh, Zhu. Uh, um, no, she. Shusha, Shusha was the Brazilian actress right. for television. Right. 
That's uh, different. You're thinking uh, of Saturday morning co- uh, television shows. Right. Um, oh, uh, anyway, you know who right. I'm talking about. I do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we speak the same right, right. So anyway, lots of romance, lots of shooting, killing. Right. Fun. Good. Stuff. All right, Matt. You have your script and vid pre-production notes, storyboards for cross-circuits. A movie about a Asian named Cyborg played by Elijah Wood. And a Chinese actress playing a character named Samantha. If that wasn't confusing enough for you. So set your budget and put your own twist on this movie. Well, there are a couple things that are important to understand about this movie and how it's going to get made. Um, One, uh, great script, great idea, great story. Tale as old as time. Um... (laughs) I don't. I, I honestly don't think there's anything better we could be spending our money on, with the exception of my crippling cocaine addiction. <laughs> so your budget's going to be significantly lower than you might have hoped. <laughs> so, um, while while I love the the comparisons to uh, John Woo and kind of the the height of uh, Asian action cinema, um, you're going to get less uh, hard boiled and more Ricky O, the story of Ricky with the budget you're going to end up with here. So what what I'm really looking for from you guys, we're going to we're going to corm in this one so hard that it goes so far beyond bad it becomes good again. So what I need you to do is just Elijah Wood owes me a favor and so he's willing to stay signed on. Unfortunately, Shusha the Brazilian chick is not available and um, that woman who you never actually got around to describing was also not available because she doesn't probably exist. <laughs> um, but uh, no, uh, the Elijah Wood is an excellent casting. For anyone that saw the Maniac remake, he is perfectly done to be a stone cold killer. It's it's a brilliant move and an unexpected one, which I think will bring people into the theaters. Um, we will be using Lori Petty for the, um, the yeah. Asian woman that is the love interest, and um, also while it does uh, bode well for our aftermarket sales, uh, we are not going to be able to shoot in 3D to have the localization for China that is so important now. Uh, we are actually going to have to make our Asian uh, cyborg and love interest. Uh, this they will be their story will take place in Mexico, which is far far cheaper to shoot in. Everything else stays the same. They're just in Mexico. Um, oh, and uh, Elijah Wood's character is now named Esteban, but <laughs> still Chinese. Chen. So. <laughs> um, so you guys have two point seven million dollars. <laughs> To make your international intrigue movie, uh, I like the idea that there's the barrier of love, political intrigue. What greater barrier than the border between Mexico and the United States to cause conflict in this story? So, we may or may not actually be illegally crossing the border while we film. I don't think that's any of your business. Those are things I'll take care of on the back end. Trust me, it's all going to be just fine. And if a guy shows up and gives you a satchel to bring back to the studio uh, after one of your shooting trips, uh, don't open it and don't let uh, those dogs at the border sniff it too closely. So, (laughs) our writing team, we've got Cross Circuits. You've got Stephen Chen, who's now Esteban Chen, played by Elijah Wood. You've got Lori Petty playing Samantha. You've got a budget of $2.7 million, and you're filming in a border town not far from Tijuana. where do you go from here? What changes do you make? Well, one, I just before I jump in, um, I think first off, we this is a future thing. Um, if we're not doing it much in Hong Kong, we have to you know play with the timeline. Uh, Mexico is now the technological center of the world, so um, I think that'll be pretty easy to explain. 
Um, <laughs> sure. From there, Esteban, Esteban Chan could have been born in Hong Kong and then mm. he moved to uh, Mexico, Mexico City, which is the current technological hub of the world. Right. Uh, and secondly, uh, I'm not familiar with the concept of bad, <laughs> so I'm not sure what, what you meant by that, but I think we're going to have to skip that one entirely. Yeah. Uh, um, I do think that the, the uh, <clears throat> Samantha should be probably played by somebody white. Um, just for the sake of being less confusing. Um, and I think to play tribute to John Wu, we're going to make her last name Dove. Samantha Dove. Mm. Wow. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, with the budgetary things, uh, I think we're going to have to make some small changes. But, you know, you know, the limitations really helped us flex our creativity bones. So, um, so rather than, I think, uh, fighting, you know, fighting Cyborg, which, you know, you're seeing a lot of, this maybe uh, his specialty will be like super calculations, you know, like um, so like you know some Sherlock action, you know, bunch of calculations show up and you know the action scenes are more like mental, you know, just like standoffs, like um, business things. But you yeah. gotta make it exciting, so you'll have a bunch of yeah. visual <clears throat> stuff. You can play out the romance scenes that way too, where he's like calculating how he's gonna talk to her, mm. <clears throat> or like you know probability results for certain things that he's gonna say. Right. Um, I think we got. We also have to play up the idea of these, the this rival company, which can be a Mexican company. So there's all these guys with like really great suits, and then mm. like uh, who are chasing after him, right? Uh, trying to get that. They could be the tech cartel or yeah. the cartel. I'll think of a better name, but um, I think that has a lot of fun potential. And um, yeah, uh, I like the, the border idea. Can definitely. Um, we can definitely work that into the story, you know. It's That should be when they're finally, um, I'm picturing the scene where they're finally trying to figure out their love together. Should be at the border and they're like on opposite sides of it. Yeah, it plays into the political conflict idea. Yeah. So like the police could like pull them apart from each other at the very end. Yeah. And, you know, he gets out because he's a cyborg, but. Um, yeah. He, um, break, he breaks international law to, to go after the woman he loves. Yeah, exactly. It's very romantic. Uh-huh. So. Um, <clears throat> Uh, I think we can we can tie in this whole like weird cocaine addiction thing as well. Like maybe maybe while he's there, like somebody tries to tempt him into being addicted to coke. Right, but he's a cyborg. But he's a cyborg, so, so it just doesn't work. And there's a lot of comedy scenes you can go with in that too. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, play it. We should probably add a villain. You know, of the rival. Yeah, the head of the head of the rival tech group. Yeah, and <clears throat> yeah, he's gonna be Javier. Just improvise that. We're out of time. Right, directing team. There you have it. Well, it's just sort of reminding me of Robert Evans. It's just just cocaine and just weirdness. I think. Right. Now, one of the one of the first things uh, that I want to mention is that we had already filmed a lot of cyborg fight scenes, but we also like just I, I mean, really, that was the first thing that we got to because I, oh, yeah. I mean, we were both really, yeah, really excited about oh, that. Oh, oh, so what we're what we're doing is uh, we're now making that a metaphor for business mergers yes. and for uh, legal wrangling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's all taking place kind of in his head. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of that calculation involved, but there, uh, but you see the results of this bloody brawl or this gunfight as being uh, this other person's company falls. Right. And and they mm-hmm. they take it over. They buy them out. They uh, you know liquidate all mm-hmm. of their uh, what I don't know. We we can ask somebody what the terms right. are. Their stock or something, whatever it is. 
Um, and then you had some really interesting ideas about how to use Mexico. Yes. So, my thought about this is, is that Mexico has a long history of shenanigans. <laughs> right, and I was really intrigued by this idea. When, when he introduced, like, we were sitting there and he said, you know, Mexico has... I believe he said a long history of shenanigans, and I said that is a very good point. So, my idea, my thought. Can you give me an example? So, <laughs> like, I mean, this, besides like, the Alamo, <laughs> like, 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 like the drug thing that we're hearing about. Yeah. Uh, this some kind of a recent drug thing. Right, drug mules. Right. So somehow, let's say. So the idea of using somehow drug mules and cybernetics and right. accusations, so somehow drug mules and tech are combined together. <coughs> right. You were you were thinking that they would uh, want the cyber. The, the reason that they're stealing it is to create new places to take drugs. Exactly. Uh, and to uh, create new places to bring drugs across the border. Precisely. Yeah, I thought that was a tremendous plan. Exactly. And as far as this Javier villain goes, which was nice to finally have an antagonist. Yeah. Uh, we were thinking of going uh, with uh, Javier Berdam. Yeah, I thought that was a tremendous plan. Exactly, because it's the perfect size role. It's that perfect role where you need someone with uh, juegos. He needs to be able to sell exactly. villainy. Exactly. And it's that perfect role where it's not too big, not too small, and it's just the right sized role for somebody of Javier's right. stature. And, and, you know, it's his own And name. we didn't want to whitewash exactly. the cast. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, uh, producer Matt, uh, this is how they've decided to spend your money. Uh, do you, do you have anything to say on it? Like, you're on budget, on track. They haven't really overspent. Am I? Because good news, bad news. Your budget now is 2.5 million. Because <laughs> some of the money I got frittered away here and there at small business expenses. Fuck! Um, I did like the way that you thought of, uh, of of drug mules. That may very well be a way that you folks, uh, without using mining, obviously, could earn additional budgetary money for this project mm. as you are making trips to and from that small town outside Tijuana. I'm not telling you to do anything illegal. I clearly never suggest, especially on record, that you do anything illegal. Just saying that is a thing that could happen if things were to quote unquote break bad. So, oh, I get it. Thank you. <laughs> so, I, I don't. Uh, what uh, what I really like about this is that this is all a story that's coming together uh, to make a lot of people sit up and take notice of things that they might not normally uh, be aware of, processes and peoples that might not they might normally uh, overlook, um, relationships and and struggles that they might uh, ordinarily find uh, beneath them or think were not uh, relevant to their lives. Uh, other things that sound Oscar bait worthy, I feel like is what I'm really going for here. There's gonna be a lot of taglines on this picture, that's what I'm saying. I feel like what we need to do is make sure we appeal to the broadest and kind of lowest common denominator market. I want people that uh, are gonna go, Elijah Wood, I liked Frodo. Um, Whoever we cast at the girl part and then the Mexican one, they can all show Lord, up. Lord and Petty and Harvey Everdam. Shh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> all we need is people to show up and, and go, I like some part of this. And if they don't like the part we're selling them, don't worry. There'll be a totally different poster for the movie next to the first poster. And that'll sell them a slightly different angle in the story. 
Did you want a cyborg action ninja movie? Of course you did. Who doesn't? That's in this movie until you go see it. But by then I've got your money and it's too late. Who cares? It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Uh, by the way, I swear all of you will get paid at the end of this. Totally, legitimately paid. It's going to happen. I it, swear. It is Robert Evans all over again. And, you know, maybe you wanted, uh, maybe you wanted the, uh, the, the Sherlocky, uh, the Battle of the Minds thing. You know, we'll have, like, dialogue trees where he manipulates his way into bed with someone. And we'll have uh, him calculating his risk assessment for, you know, drug-muling his own body across the company. Because is it, you know, is it... Is it illegal immigration or is it just uh, stolen goods if he goes across a border? We don't know. We can explore that further in the film. Maybe we let the audience make their own decisions. I'm not here to insult the American people's intelligence. I feel like our film will do that. And at the end of the day, I think what we've done here is we've put together the exact correct team to do a lot of different things. Unfortunately, we're all working on this one project together. And therefore... <laughs> We, uh, we are going to have to just kind of make do and kind of and fight our way through. But at the end of the day, I'm pretty sure you guys will do a very good job with my $2.1 million of making the best possible movie we that can be made in Mexico. All right. So I've taken all the data you've given me and information, and I've put it in my uh, movie prediction machine. I've looked in the future, and I'm going to tell you how your movie did, gentlemen. Because of some strange Hollywood accounting... <laughs> math and budgetary restrictions, mm -hmm. the production production quality is so rough. Uh, a large percentage of Americans, notably notably Donald Trump supporters and Donald Trump himself, are convinced it's actually a documentary. <laughs> and the entire social media movement and everything starts and the terror of cyborg drug mules crossing the border stirs them in the frenzy and they start building the wall themselves after his thousands of followers raid dozens of border Home Depots for the concrete and rebar they need and start erecting the wall right away. <laughs> Which happens to start a border war with Mexico and ignites a small regional World War III where tactical nuclear missiles are used by the United States and Mexico, creating the entire southwestern United States into an actual nuclear wasteland. Um, that being said, a few people, in, in, as the fallout wreaks havoc across the rest of the world and everything, uh, everyone references, your, your movie becomes known as the, the, the document that started it all. It's apocryphal at best, and everyone just thinks about the cyborg drug mules that started World War III and brought the end of all mankind. Until someone actually finally finds the movie and realizes it was just a really terrible sci-fi movie, and then everyone feels really sad. So, knowing this, Ryan Team, your movie that literally brought the end of modern civilization as we know it, you have two minutes to reflect on this and make any changes that can prevent the motorcycle gangs from raping you later as they take over your hometown. I think it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think the... Uh... I think all the problems that, you know, supposedly happens with this uh, were kind of out of our hands. I mean, we, we came in with an incredible story about an up-and-coming cyborg going after the love of his life. So I don't know if we can really take a whole lot of blame for that. Uh, but that said, you know, I think we could make a few little changes here and there just to just spice it up a little bit more. Um, I think the, uh, the cyborg should... Um, should also have like 
a wacky ex from back in Hong Kong who's like trying to get back with him, and then she teams up with with Javier to like take him down. Like she <laughs> she supplies him with the information necessary to like get inside his network. Or oh, that's that's great. That's gonna be great. And then you can you can put somebody really goofy in the role, so it's like you know maybe then it like gets outside the like you know documentary because I mean the the realism is just so so on point. Mm. You know, I feel like this is kind of the dream of every writer, you know? Yeah. To really make your work make a say something, you know? And I think... Change we, the world. I think we have... This might be the most important movie ever made. Yeah. You know, for world events. Well, particularly for Mexico and most of Texas. Right. I mean, we'll be fine because we're in L.A. No one... Is that where we are now? <laughs> Well, yeah, oh, okay. I mean, because we're gonna be big stars after this movie hits, literally hits, <laughs> right? <laughs> like like a train. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we should use or an A bomb. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, yeah, I, I'm good with what we're doing. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just gonna leave the country. I think. Thinking about trying this coke thing. Yeah, I think I'm gonna move to uh, Russia for safety. Okay. <laughs> okay. Director team. Uh, World War Three has been caused, and you're one of the main reasons of it. How do you do? You change this, or do you just live with your fate? Well, the the first thing is that you should always be proud of your children. Yes. Okay. Um, regardless of what things they may do when they reach the wide world, no matter how many times they go to jail or cause World War Three, yeah. you have to believe in them. Mm-hmm. And you have to support them and, and be a good parent. And I feel like this is the same thing. We yes. worked hard on this, and uh-huh. I believe that shows. Yeah. That people are able to confuse this for a movie about real events yes. is a compliment mm-hmm. to our work and our, our ethos. Yeah. Um, there were a few small things that we wanted to change. Yes. Do you remember? Well, I think, I think one, um, I think I... Uh, wanted to, I I gotta tell you, man, that that scene where uh, Harvey Javier uh, Bardem recreated the Charlie Chaplin's potato dance, yes, with the tamales. Yes. I wanted to keep that. I, I think I think that, that was an important tension breaker. Yes, that was an important tension breaker. I think it showed his character's human side, right, which is that, important. Now yeah. you can't just have somebody who's evil yeah. for the sake of evil. Right. I agree. You no, know, I think that was great, and I think also it added to my hardness to you know. The, the post-apocalyptic destruction. And, you know, and, and Berdam himself, I hear he and his wife, Patel Cruz, are now, um, they're eventually, I mean, they're warlords now. Yeah. From what I understand. Well, he's, he pretty much runs the Yucatan now. Well, and the other thing is, one of the things that we realized when we were thinking about it is how infeasible a lot of the tech cartels, yeah. cartex, uh, ideas were, and we well, wanted Aztec. to show that Aztec. on film. Yes. The I finally Aztecs. got it. That's such a good plan. <laughs> Um, and so I think that as people watch this, they will see that there's really nothing to be afraid of, um, and the world is full of love and wonder. Okay. Well, uh, Matt, producer, because of the apocalypse, the world's supply of cocaine has been dried out. How are you handling this? Would you change anything to prevent that from happening? I'll tell you, man. <clears throat> it is just such an honor to be nominated. <laughs> Every every young boy who starts with a dream and an enormous trust fund 
all hopes that someday they will make the kind of impact I have made in the world. I don't want to see self seem self-aggrandizing, but I mean, I truly feel like I can sit comfortably at this table with my fellow Oscar nominees, as well as people like Rosa Parks, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Gandhi, um, Penelope Cruz. <laughs> I feel like what we've really done here, I, who doesn't from the time they are a small child dream of Franz Ferdinanding a conflict <laughs> and started Francis Ferdinand or Stu you know what I'm saying and starting a global perhaps thermonuclear war and conflict because at the end of the day a video game's taught us nothing it's that once the apocalypse arrives yeah there will be a weird tricky to survive part fine I mean it sucks to get out of bed in the morning to go to work or whatever it is people do but then you still have weekends and you know you just you work through it so we're going to work through this apocalyptic wasteland and eventually uh i guess we all get to fight super mutants and collect bottle caps and i do one of those two things already so <laughs> i feel like really what i've done is given a gift <laughs> to the people of the world through the language of film um i I don't want to say that I feel like I'm probably not going to win the Oscar because of my race, <laughs> but if I don't win the Oscar, it's because of my race. Okay. Well, there, there you have it. Uh, as you're huddled around your uh, campfire, hopefully the raving bands of super mutants haven't gotten you yet, as you remember fondly upon Cross Circuits, also known as the film that ended the world. Uh, I am Kyle Decker of Hot Chocolate Media, and I will leave you... With this word of wisdom, as I think we just topped the weirdest ep ever episode to date of The Movie Machine, with my all-time favorite Guy Fieri quote. Short of screaming hot Thai food, everything can be suitable for kids, too. There you have it, The Movie Machine. <laughs> Holy fuck, guys. <laughs>